0: Hey, how you doing? How you mama them? Good, good, good. It is so good to see you guys. Oh my goodness, you guys look amazing over here. Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Oh. They came today. I like it. I like it. I'm so glad you guys are here. Listen, if it's your first time here today, and you don't know why everybody's happy to be in church, because you just stepped into South Point. This is the greatest place ever. Um, Church can be fun, believe it or not, and we try our best. Hey, if it is your first time, my name is Craig, and my wife Patty and I get to pastor this really cool church, and we love it. We love it. We love it. Um, But there's a lot of people watching online. Will you guys do me a favor? You're already in here warm and toasty, feeling good. A lot of people stayed in their Wherever you are, I don't know, but we, we're glad they're with us. Will you put your hands together? Help me welcome the rest of our family. YouTube, Facebook, church online platform. We love you guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Now we are in the middle of this series called Unhindered, and Unhindered is a—it's a unique time of year. We do—we um, called it Unhindered last year, but then before that we called it Next Step, different things. But it's. The idea is the same. Every time this year comes around, November, we start talking about, we take a snapshot of where we've come from, what we've done, and and then kind of look at where we want to go and just talk about that. Most of the series here at South Point, like 98% of them, are all about helping you live a better life. I mean, that's the goal. The goal is for us to just, come on, get a little bit better every day. You ain't going to be Jesus tomorrow morning when you wake up. But if we could all just get a little bit better every single day, how cool is that? And so most of the time, we try to uh, try our best to create a safe place for you to come, experience God, download good things from him, and then invite a friend, because it's a safe place, and you can, you can invite people to come here. And then we, if you don't know Jesus yet, our goal is not to help you join a church, our goal is to help you meet this man named Jesus Christ. Because if you meet Jesus, it'll change. People are clapping. Why? Because they met this man named Jesus. Bro, let me tell you something. He'll change your life. And then we want you to find Jesus. And then we want you to get in a small group. Because we learned that life goes better together. We need each other to thrive in life, don't we? We just need each other. And then we want you to be able to come into worship and just lift your hands and sing. And why is it loud? Because I don't want to hear you sing, but Jesus does. Come on, you know that. You didn't like listening to the person next to you. That's When you hear the person next to you singing and they're, they're just off key, that's where you just turn around to the sound guy and go, hey, can you turn it up a little bit? Um, so, but we want you to be able to worship and lift the name of Jesus up. and uh, Then we want you to be able to serve the community and, and make a difference where we are. Okay, Craig, why are you telling me all of that? Because here's what, here's what we don't talk about very often. We do all of that and then I will guarantee you that one day you will die. Mortality rate, I just checked on Google this morning. The mortality rate is still at 100%. Still at 100% guaranteed it's going to happen one day whether it's sooner or later but here's what we all want we all want we talked about this last week we all want to live our life in a way where we leave a legacy i mean we everybody in here you you want better if you have kids you want better for your kids I mean, I mean, everybody does. You want better for your grandkids. If you don't have kids, you want better for the people coming after you. Would you it's part of our human nature, and it's, it's beautiful. God gave it to us. You can fill in the blank. Legacy is simply this. What people remember once you're gone, once you're gone. And as a church, I want to be able to leave a legacy, not just for me. I want to leave a legacy for our kids and their kids, and their kids, I don't want to leave a church, because we've all seen churches grow and die. Grow and die. I don't want to leave, I want to be able to leave a movement, something that is constantly changing and evolving and loving people where they are in the stuff that they're going through. That's a legacy and uh, leaving a legacy like that, just bottom line, it is going to take this thing called money. Now, We're going to talk about money today. We're taking up an offering November 20th. If you don't know when that is, that is in exactly seven days from today. It is next Sunday, November 20th. And uh, we're, we're, we're taking up a special offering to help us move forward in an unhindered fashion. And when I say that, it's not, somebody asked me this earlier. They were like, well, I can't give on November 20th because of money coming, you know, whatever, business and life and all that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, November 20th, all the way through the end of the year. We're just bringing in money to help us move forward in an unhindered fashion. And we, we handed this thing out last week, and it's in your worship guide. Again, I highly recommend you look through it. It's just a snapshot of where we've come from, what we've done this year with your money. And then in the middle, in the very back middle, is some dreams of what we're trying to finance going forward in 2023. And one of the things that's happening right this year, I was going to say not right now, um, but this year is, okay, if it's your first time here today, you have no idea how cool this right here is. Um, we're getting new chairs. Yeah! They're comfy, too. Woo-hoo! I'll have to work harder to keep you awake. Yeah. The only This is a sample of the chair we're getting. Um, the only thing this chair does not have that yours will have is this thing called a cup holder. Come on, let me hear a little laugh with Jesus. You'll be sitting there during that message holding your, holding your coffee with your little straw. Trying to find the straw. Anybody do that in the movie theater or whatever? You look like an idiot and everybody's looking at you, but you just can't find the straw. And then after you do find the straw and you're done, with what do you do? You try to try to find that cup holder. We're going to put big old cup holders on these things, buckets. It'll be awesome. Um, but here's what I need to tell you about the chairs. So, okay, is everybody listening? Because here's what people do in church all the time. They're like, anything I can do for the church, you just let me know. Okay, here's what you can do for the church. You ready? December eighteenth is Christmas service, okay? December eighteenth is when we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ right here. We'll have a beautiful candlelighting service. It'll be fun. You can get wax all over the chairs. Because right after service on December eighteenth, we need everyone involved to help us tear out these chairs. Okay? It, it, it will be work. It, it, you will sweat. Um, welcome to real life. Um, but we're going to tear out the chairs and, and do the, get, get rid of those because December 19th is when they're delivering all the chairs and they have to start installing. Okay? So, December 18th, Christmas service, candle lighting, be beautiful, be family, and then we're just tearing all this stuff out, tearing it out. So, c- can I count on you to help on that day? All right, it'll be a good day. We'll, we'll keep talking about that. Um, and so with that, let me just say this little announcement, little just so we're all on the same page. Christmas, December 25th, falls on a Sunday, and so does New Year's Day. January 1st falls on a Sunday. So we are not doing in-house services those days. It will be video only. I am very, very, imp- it's very important to me that you spend time with your family. Family is a huge thing. The other thing, the reason we're not having two services in house, is because there won't be any chairs. (laughs) So, let's just be realistic for a second. Can we do that? So, if you're going to complain about why aren't we doing services, because you ain't no chair for you to sit in. So, are we all good? Come on, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great time of year. But so, chairs are part of it. Um, But we want to leave a legacy. Look at look at this verse, Psalm one twelve. Verse five: Good will, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely, their righteous will never be shaken; they will be remembered forever. And that is what we want to do. We want to leave a legacy, individually and as a church, of what and who God is. Now, a bedrock message here at South Point from the very beginning is this idea. I preach it all the time. It's a common theme that runs through almost every message I speak, and that's this. We don't serve Jesus Christ out of obligation. We serve Jesus Christ because we are passionate about what he has done for us and who he is today. It's, it's a passion, and I think too many churches for too many years has preached this idea of obligatory serving of Jesus Christ like for example I'll, I'll put it a different way um, we have some beautiful spiritual disciplines in the kingdom of God we we do bible reading your bible it's it's a it's Like, I say it all the time, you should read your Bible, it's awesome, right? Reading your Bible, worshiping, corporate worship settings, fasting. I know you don't like that, but it's coming in January whether you like it or not. Fasting, Um, you like fasting? I don't even like fasting and I'm the pastor. But okay, prayer, prayer, worship, fasting, um, serving. There's all these different spiritual disciplines That are beautiful and we should do. However, I think it's mostly preached that we do those because we have to rather than we get to. I have to read the Bible. Or could you flip the script on that and realize that God was very purposeful in laying down a love letter to you and me. And we would get the desire to actually see what his heart is for us. Do you, do you see the difference? A, that's why in the early days for a long time, we said South Point, a new way to do church. And the new way to do church was simply this. We're passionate about Jesus. And I want to be with people, I don't know about you, but I want to be with people who are passionate about Jesus as well. Listen, I'll, I'll say, <laughs> no. If you are not excited and passionate about this man named Jesus Christ, and you don't want to, seriously, if you don't want to be a part of giving to something to help the kingdom of God be unhindered, to help restore, rejuvenate, and, and re- relive this whole beautiful thing that we're advancing, then honestly, no problem, then don't. It's a choice. This is not a cult. We've been accused of being a cult several times, but we're not. But how about we just love where we are? There's nothing worse. Have you ever gone out with a group of friends and there's that one friend that's not excited to be there? And you want to kick him in the face? Anyone? Anyone? Just me? Too violent? Okay. And they just mess stuff up. And it's like, no, no. I want to be. I want to go to church with a group of people that want to be here, that love it, that are excited about it. And we're going to go all in with it no matter what because this is still my favorite place to be on the planet. It's... Okay, I'll read you a scripture. Um, Just stop with all that. Just read something. Exodus 35 says this. um, Then everyone came whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose spirit was willing. Not arm-twisting, not manipulated, just, just... whose spirit was willing, and they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting, for all its service and for all the holy garments. Okay, look at another one where people were just willing and excited to be a part. First Chronicles 29. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Let me pause here. What he's saying is he had already prepared a tithe. We talk about tithe regularly. It's not, it's not a sh- scary uh, word that we share. It's, it's not scary. It's just we tithe. Ten percent of our income. We give God our first and our best, not what's left. Right? We, we, we talk about that all the time. And David is, King David here is saying, yeah, yeah, I had already prepared that. But wait. There's more. From my own special treasure of gold and silver, who then is willing to consecrate himself to the, the Lord this day? He's, so he gave above and be, he gave above and beyond the tithe from his own personal place. Um, the history tells us that what David gave right here was the largest philanthropic offering ever in the history of the world. I don't know if that's true. I wasn't there, but it was a lot, OK? And then look at the next verse. Look at how, I want you to see something. Look at how joy in the house of the Lord with money is contagious. Watch this. The next verse, verse 6. Then the leaders of the fathers' houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds with the officers over the king's work, offered, here's this word again, what they offered, They offered willingly. Not because they had to or were required to. Um, they gave for the work of the house of God. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. And, and then David said this. He said, all these things I have given, here's that word again, given willingly and with honest intent, and now I have seen with the joy how, Willingly, your people who are here have given to you, and that's what I want here. Honestly, I, I, from the very beginning, we have always wanted a church where people want to be there, and you want to be there, and you will financially give into that because you enjoy it so much because it adds life to you there is nothing worse than having okay 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 let me just okay i grew up in churches where they would talk about money and it was arm twisting it was manipulative it was guilt-ridden and so i'm like that's not fun for anybody is it (laughs) say no say no no (laughs) it's not fun for anybody but flip the script on that have you ever been with a group of people that want to be somewhere so bad together that you just, even if it's like going to a movie or going on a vacation, but they want to be there so, hey, I need another 50 bucks for this. Okay, I'm just glad to be here. it It changes everything because I'm excited about being there and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to keep being there. Does that make sense? And there's an excitement about it. And I'm telling you, it's something that is contagious. Willingness, a willful heart is so contagious, and it's so stinking beautiful. When Patty and I moved here and started South Point, we cashed out. We sold everything. We had land in Tennessee. We sold that. Our retirement, our 401Ks, we cashed all that in. Any money we had, we made this happen, okay? And we're not the only ones, and I'm not saying that to brag, I have a point with this, um, because it's not bragging at all. Uh, It was scary as anything. Um, But even like Cindy, who was in first service, she might be around here somewhere, she's just always around. Um, Cindy's awesome, She, she joined us from North Carolina, and she did the same thing. She left family and friends, she left everything that was comfortable and came to invest in a dream, a crazy idea to start a church in this area, where we didn't even know anybody, but we gave it anyway because we just had a vision and a dream. And it's that kind of sacrifice that this church was started on, and I'm going to tell you something, it's that kind of sacrifice that will keep it going in an unhindered fashion. It's not just no longer a group of people, a small group of people. It's all of us, and at some point we have to say, if I like it enough, I'm going to invest in it so that it can continue going in an unhindered fashion. Still doing good? Everybody doing good? Nobody likes talking about money, I know. Check out this verse, 2 Corinthians 8, 12. For if the willingness, now if you haven't picked up on this yet, my goal of this whole message is to move our hearts into a willingness place. Have you you picked up on that yet? Um, And and with that, it's not, please get out of your mind the amount of the money, because it's not that. It's not the amount, it's the motive of the heart that changes everything. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. So you can turn that around. The other side of that is, if you are being coerced or manipulated to give, what you're giving is not accepted. If you're giving with a bad motive, your gift is not accepted. So let me say this. If you're not willingly a part of this, hey, you can keep coming here till you're, till whatever. I mean, you're more than welcome to be here. However, please, if you have any angst in your heart about giving to the unhindered offering, then please don't, like, like genuinely. I, I mean I mean that from my heart because I know that God will do more with a small amount than he will ever do with a guilty motive amount every single time. And I trust God more than I trust anything else. Don't you? I mean, it's, God's so good. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. I would give more if I had one. He's not even talking about what you don't have. Right? Well, I would give more if No, no, no. Just what do you have in your house? We talked about that last week, right? Just what what do you have? I guarantee God will do more with what you have than anything anything you don't have, right? That's just God. Okay, so how do we get a willing heart? That's my goal for this whole message. How do we get our hearts to be a little more willing? And if you're already here and you're already clapping and excited and you already drank the Kool-Aid for South Point, I'm glad you're here. But how willing is your heart? I think we can all move our hearts a little more willing. A little more willing. Look, look here's some things that stop us from being a willing heart, and that's complaining. Complaining. Do you guys know anybody that complains? Anyone? Anyone? How many of you brought them to church with you today? Let me just see your hand. They're sitting right next to you. Some of you are doing this, both of them. Um, complainers, complainers, people complain, don't they? Listen, you can't complain. You cannot be a complainer and still have a willing heart to advance the kingdom of God. Because what you're doing is constantly focusing on something that's wrong in your opinion and complaining about it rather than looking at what God is doing and praising him for it. That was, uh, I know, okay, 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 uh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, so I read this article in Psychology Today about complaining, and they broke it down into two things. They broke it down into venting and chronic complaining. You guys, you guys how many have ever listened to, oh wait, uh, let's do it this way. You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you are a venter? Like you, something goes wrong, you just gotta like, there ain't no control valve on this thing anybody tracking with me and it's just like you just vomit when something goes wrong you just like you driving down 240 come on that's the vomit area right we venting all day long anytime somebody vents they are never looking for your advice when someone vents they are never looking for your opinion what are they looking for when someone vents? They are always looking for their own actions and poor behaviors to be validated by their neighbor. That's why I'm venting. I need you. I'm just, and I need you to just say, "Mm-hmm, you're, you're. That's okay. Mm-hmm, it's okay, sweetheart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm you're good. You're good. You're gonna burn in hell, but you're good. You're good. <laughs> venting. And then the other one is the chronic complainers chronic complainers. These are those people that the article in Psychology Today talks about just cannot like like nothing positive comes out of their mouth. They complain about everything. Have you ever met one of these people? On our flight to Italy a few weeks ago, um, so we're, we're deboarding, and the people in the front there the they call them the Delta One area, the first class cabin, and on the overseas flights it's the beds, that like they lay down into a bed. Have you guys seen this flying voodoo? Anyone? Anyone? Um, it's pretty amazing. It's cool. And so I think it's really cool. But the, the this older lady gets up and we're deboarding, you know, so you're kind of facing each other cuz this the first class comes this way and the rest of the pagans come this way. And so and she's she's standing there and she's like, "Oh, that was such a horrible f-. There's nobody listening to her, but she's complaining anyway. It is just so uncomfortable that that was just the most uh, that bed was so hard." I'm like, "But I didn't, but I wanted to." Bed but Be- you were on a bed flying through the air and you're complaining? A bed in the air. They'll bring you drinks and snacks and all kind con- like eating in bed is what you work for your whole life. What'd you do this Saturday? Jack, I didn't do none. I laid in bed and I just ate Cheetos all day long. And this lady did it in the air and still complained. You ever met somebody like that where everything is just going great and they open their mouth and you're just like, I hate you. They're just complaining all the time. If you are a complainer, let me tell you something, complaining will negate the willingness to follow Jesus Christ all the time because you are always looking at the negative. The next thing you're going to do is probably complain that he died for you. It's just like, here's what Psychology Today says, this article. It says that when someone is a chronic complainer like that, that their brain has literally been rewired to where they can't even see the good things that are in their life. And it's going to take time for them to re- rewire their brain to even see the good things in their life. And then the article went on to say this. This was actually the point of the article. Was that chronic complainers are more unhealthy. They have more heart issues, more anxiety, more depression than, in, than the people who are not complainers. And check this out. Even those people that lived... With a chronic complainer, they had more health issues than someone who did not live with a chronic complainer. Complaining not only negatively impacts us, it negatively impacts the people around us. The Bible is true time and time again, and it says that the power of life and death are in the tongue. So we got to start saying things a little bit better, all right? So if your spouse complains today, slap them really hard. And say, and just when they look at you and cuss you out, say, mm-hmm, girl, pastor says so, right? Just see how that works, see how that works. And then I have a number of a divorce lawyer if you need that, okay. okay. <laughs> we still doing good? All right, so, so c- this whole complaining thing, that'll really repel a willing heart. Here's another one, um, stubbornness, stubbornness. People being stubborn, people being unwilling To change their thought process, being unwilling to learn. For example, right now, um, there might be some people in here that you were raised in church, and me talking about money, and me talking about an offering, and me talking about that, upsets you. It upsets you. It makes you feel all squirrely inside. You start holding on to your checkbook, or your phone, because that's where we, you know, pain nowadays, white knuckle in that bad boy. Margaret, get your purses. Pastor's trying to get in your britches. No, I'm not. Just trying to. <laughs> so you... that's, usually, that's usually my first service jokes because they're not recorded, but uh, this one is. Anyway, let's just move on. Edit that, take two. Um, you start getting, trying to hold on to everything. And here's the deal. The money issue was taught poorly for so long, but we have to change our mindset. Don't be stubborn in an old way of thinking. Be open to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Be open. I'm not trying to get your money. Can I tell you something? God doesn't need your money. But I'm telling you what, a willing heart and a giving heart gets us blessed more than anything else. And so it's for your benefit. It's for your benefit. So let's not be stubborn. Proverbs 29.1. Some of you asked for this verse. This is a, a good tattoo verse if you need a good one. If you get more stubborn every time you are corrected, one day you will be crushed and never recovered. That's encouraging, isn't it? I love the word. It just rips me up. All right, so the first one that pushes us away is what? Com- complaint complaining the second one is don't be stubborn and here's the third one entitled there's a lot of people and entitlement has it was a buzzword a few years ago and now it's no longer a buzzword you know what it is now it's just life in so many people it's no longer oh they're entitled no now we just assume everybody's entitled and they usually are isn't it funny how it's not a buzzword anymore like i say entitled if i said entitled Five years ago, everybody would been like, oh, he's talking about that. <laughs> Those entitled millennials. <laughs> now it's not a big deal. Why? Because we've just accepted it. We don't understand. <laughs> I had this conversation with somebody there. Oh, this is going to make some people mad. But anyway, um, I, had some, I had a conversation with a guy this week, and he was like, I just don't understand why the supply chain is breaking down. Why there's all these supply chain issues? I'm like, you, you don't understand why? Because you're paying people not to work, and you're paying them more not to work than to work, and so therefore the entitled mindset is saying that you can't have a con- uh, supply chain. <laughs> At some point, I keep. What do you pray for our country? At some point, honestly, I just pray for a good dose of common sense across the board. Wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, just. I think that'd be crazy. Craig, you should run for president. Oh, never, never, never. Um. <laughs> We're not entitled, we, we have to remember this phrase, but for his grace. But for his grace. I work hard but I don't deserve or earn anything. I work because God gives me the ability to work. I'm not entitled, I'm just thankful, just thankful. Look at the, Romans 12:2. stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Just because everybody else is entitled doesn't mean we should be but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. In other words, rewire this bad boy right up here. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Okay, in our last few minutes, let me explain to you how to move our heart more willing into the more willing zone, okay? Those are three things that I think push us back. So if you're here or watching online and you're a complainer or you are, Stubborn or, or any of these things. Um, th- this is what we need to do to counteract that. Here's the first one. You ready? Are y'all ready? You should write this down. It's, it's one word. Grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful. How do you get grateful? We talked about this a little bit last week. You become grateful when you recognize what you have. I mean, just stop and think about what you genuinely have. For a long time, I would read that verse in First Timothy where it would talk about, woe to you rich people, you know, be careful of this, this, it's in First Timothy. You can go back and read it because um, you should read your Bible. It's a great book. Um, woe to you rich people. And I would always read that as, well, those, those rich people, those rich people. And then you look at the globe because, believe it or not, God looks at the whole world, not just the United States. I'm not sure if you were aware of that. And so when you look at the whole globe, every single person in this room, you are in the top 1% of the richest people on the planet. How do you know that? Because nine times out of 10, you, you probably have a car. And a house for your car, and all of that stuff. And I know Pastor Hal talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, but it, it, we have to recognize what we do have. And here's one of the things I've learned over the last, I've been alive, I'm 22 years old, and so... <laughs> I don't know why you people are laughing. I don't I have no idea. Over the last 22 years, I, I've learned. I, I've learned this. I've learned tough times. When we go through tough times, we we really begin to recognize what we do have. You know, it's like tough times seem to strip away extra stuff. You, you know what I'm talking about? And you just it's kind of. I'm not talking on a spiritual level. I'm just talking in human nature. We kind of tend to focus on. Oh man, I'm going through a tough time, but I'm so thankful for fill in the blank and then the exact opposite is true as well prosperous times tend to make us blind to the things that we have and make us think we need something that we don't actually need isn't that weird and so we pray for prosperous times and god blesses but in prosperous times we have to remember that the only reason we have that is because of this man named jesus christ be thankful for what you have, no matter what. Even when somebody cuts you off in traffic, be thankful. Just wave at them with the whole hand, not just one finger. You know what I'm talking about? Pastor, I'm a good waver. I'm a good waver. You're number one. You're number one. No, no, wrong kind of wave. Be thankful. Look at this. First Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in what? Come on, Oh, come on in in even in the things that don't go well you could you have a choice you can complain about it or you can praise God in the midst of it let's be thankful be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus all right so the first one is be grateful right here's the second one y'all still track with me yeah. we're bringing this train into the station here we go here's the second one and that's faith you got to have faith now check this out Hebrews eleven six 6, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him. Okay, how many of you right now, just pause real quick. Um, how many of you right now, raise your hand. How many of you would like to get closer to God? Yes, sir, yes, yes. Almost everybody. Some of you still checking it out? Okay, totally cool, totally cool. Glad you're here. Um, most of us want to get closer to God. Okay, you're, I love that the Apostle Paul just breaks this down into a two-point list, because I think that... <laughs> I don't know about you, but I need all the help I can get. Um, Two points. And if you want to get closer to God, here's what you got to do. You must first, must believe that God exists. And to that, we all say, duh. Like, why would I seek something that didn't exist? Duh. That's just stupid, right? Duh. Must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. You have to believe, don't miss this you have to believe that God is a rewarder of those who seek him. In other words, God is not a punisher of people who try to draw close to him. God is not a punisher of someone who wants to change their life. God is not a punisher of someone who messed up because he wants to reward you just for seeking him. The very idea that you have something in you that says, I want to get closer to God, you raise your hand. Can I tell you something? you got to recognize that God is looking and trying to reward you the church has taught for way too many years that God's waiting to just strike you with lightning to kill you You're going to turn your life around Well, I got to get cleaned up first before I come in there. That makes no sense whatsoever Well, if I come in there the roof will fall in me Where is that in scripture? How about God will remove the roof to get you in here? I mean, it's just it changes everything And so you have to realize that you are seeking a God That is a rewarder And that's the God that you're seeking see there's two points seeking God okay but what God are you seeking can I tell you something if you're just this moaning trying to get your life on track and you hope that God doesn't strike you and oh my god all my life is cursed because of all these things I've done can I tell you something if that's your mindset and your motive moving forward you're seeking the wrong God and you won't find that God because that God doesn't exist but you have to ex- seek God. What kind of God? There's The God. The God that is a diligent rewarder of those who seek him. Difference. Okay. Romans 8, 28. This, this verse, it, it's an oldie but a goodie. It is so true. It changes everything. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives, yeah, even the bad ones, even the bad ones, is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan and bringing good into our lives. for we are his lovers and we have been called to fulfill designed purpose listen have you ever gone through a bad time have you ever had maybe this week has anybody ever made you mad have you ever, has somebody this week, okay, uh, you don't understand what I'm going through, Pastor. Yeah, you don't understand what I'm going through either. Have you ever Have you ever had somebody just make you mad and you say a little prayer, not out loud, but in your mind like, Lord, you don't have to kill them, but just maim them really good. Anyone, anyone, just... If I could just see a visible scar on their face, that would help, God, thank you. Uh, something, just a little, just to let me... Some of you are looking at me so stoic. Is that because you prayed that this week? You're like, God... I don't hate them, but I really don't like them either. They make you mad, they mess up your life. And you go through the storm of life. A lot of times we go through storms because of what somebody else has said or done. I mean, honestly, that they, they do things and it causes us to get a little sidetracked. Even those things that we don't understand or control, he still, and I don't know how he does it, only because he's God. He still can take the worst situation. Oh, did he cause it or did he allow it? Sweetheart. You're, you're asking the wrong question. How about just, God, I can't wait to stand in amazement at how you use this crappy situation to bring you glory. I, 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 I don't know, like, there, I don't see any way in my physical, normal Craig Wendell self how this is going to do anything good. Yet every single time, he has never Gone outside of his character every single time. No matter how crappy the situation is, no matter how strong the storm is, no matter how things are broken, my God turns it all around and just makes it amazing. Uses it for His glory. And I don't know about you, but that's something I want to be a part of. I, I just well, I'm I'm all in on that. All right, here's the last one: pray, plan, participate. So we've got. Do you remember what the ones were? There was the first one to help move us closer is to be grateful. Great. Help us be grateful. You can you can talk. It's okay. Grateful. Second one is you got to have faith. You got to just believe that God is a rewarder. He is a good God. And then plan, pray, plan, and participate. And why is that? Um, we're, I'm asking you to pray and plan and participate in this offering, this unhindered offering, to have a willing heart to be a part. And why do we? Why is this even a point on here? Because I don't want you to give, and then have buyer's remorse. Has anybody ever had buyer's remorse, man? Like I could make a list of the things that I have bought that I'm like, I, I didn't need another salad spinner. I don't I don't need I didn't need the first salad spinner. I don't eat salad, right? It's just, but have buyer's remorse. But here's here's one thing I've learned. I've learned that um, if it's something that I really want, you know, it's like something I'm excited about or whatever and I save up for it, and I plan for it, and I've done the research, I've kicked the tires on it, I've done the top 10 best salad spinners on Google, you know, I've I've looked it all out, and I know this is what what I want to be a part of. Can I tell you something? I've never had a single buyer's, buyer's remorse over something like that. So, if you're kicking the tires on the church, hey man, check it out. Go ahead and check out the reviews. We have one bad review on Google, you can ignore that one. Um, and I, every time I say that, people are like, I'm gonna go home and read it. Yeah, it's there. It's there. The worship was okay. The worship was really good, but the speaking was not. Okay, whatever, whatever. Look, I'm canceled. Oh! Can't cancel somebody who does not care. Um. But you check it out. And then if, if you want to be a part, then pray about it. Ask the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm not. I'm not pressuring you at all. I'm telling you, hey, we need some tools. Money's a tool. We, we need some tools to move forward in an unhindered fashion. Cool. You want to be a part of that? Great. How much should I give? It has nothing to do with the amount. It has all to do with your obedience to the Holy Spirit. So pray about it. Ask Him what you what He wants you to give. Ask Him. He knows your finances. He knows your checking account. I don't want to know it. I'm just saying. And don't listen. Some of you are looking at me all crotchety. Relax. There's no special offering box at the at the at the door where we're gonna stop you. This is this is not a cult. This is just free, we, we I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? Right? And you I wanna be a part of that. You don't want buyer's remorse like your third marriage. Too soon? Come on, that was funny. I'm just playing. Second marriage? No, okay, 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 okay. You don't want buyer's remorse. It, really, we've all had buyer's remorse. And so this is one of those things that we don't want that. We want a, a beautiful spirit as a family together making this thing happen. It's next Sunday. It starts November 20th through the end of the year. So I'm looking forward to being a part of it with you. Sound good? Let me, let me pray for you and we'll, we will get on out of here. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to be a part of the miraculous advancing of the kingdom of God in an unhindered fashion right here in DeSoto County and Shelby County. Father, thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing. That you didn't put us on the sidelines, you put us on the center of the field to work together to do this. And so Father, we just pray that what's going on in heaven, let your, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And thank you that we get to be a part. We love you, Lord, so much. And so Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that you speak to each one of us, whether it be online or in this house, speak to us. As we talk to our spouse about what to give, as we talk to our family, our kids, what to give. Father, as we move forward as a family church, as a family unit, Lord, bless, bless it. And if our motives are not right, Father, I just ask that you change our motives before anything goes further. Lord, let us have a good heart, a kind heart, a loving heart. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, all right, boys and girls, listen, stand with me, if you will. There's some beautiful people down front on both sides that would love to pray with you. If you have anything you'd like to pray about, they'd like to connect with you and just love on you a little bit. Also, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you want to take communion, there's communion elements down front on both sides that you are more than welcome to do. And then last but not least, do not forget, um, there's so many things going on, but don't forget December 18th is what? christmas sunday service and then chair 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 removal yeah it'll be good times good times all right let's pray the benediction heavenly father right now we just ask that the words of our mouth the meditations in our heart lord they'll be acceptable in your sight you're our lord our strength and our redeemer in jesus name amen have a great week y'all love you